Welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina. I'm your host, Dr. Melina Jampolis, and I'm a board-certified physician nutrition specialist. And I started this podcast to take the latest science and really help you figure out what you should do, can do, and eventually will do when it comes to food, fitness, and everything that's involved with helping you become the best version of yourself. I'm very excited about my guest today on Practically Healthy by Dr. Molina because uh, really I know everybody out there has probably in some way, shape, or form heard about the gut, thinks that they know a lot about probiotics um, and the importance of gut health, but you know, very few people are doing the cutting edge research to actually establish this, not just as a fad or something trendy, but as something robust scientifically. So um, Colleen Cutcliffe, uh, I'm so happy to have her today. Um, and um, she is the founder uh, of a company called Pendulum. Uh, and we're going to be talking all about the real science, not just the pseudoscience behind the gut and probiotics. So Colleen, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited about this conversation. And I know we're going to have a ton to talk about. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Molina. And I really appreciate all of the work and research that you do into making sure you're bringing high quality products to light. Yes, thank you. So, so let's jump right in. First of all, I mean, tell me, tell me a little bit about your your background and and kind of your journey. Um, you know, because probiotics are are trendy now, but you've been in this game a long time. So, how how did you get here? Um, yes, definitely not by following the trends. Um, so, my background is pretty hardcore science. I have a PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology from Johns Hopkins. Uh, I did a pretty traditional postdoc at Northwestern University, and then I moved out to the San Francisco area. I worked in a pharma company. We were developing drugs for Parkinson's disease, so I actually started on the pharmaceutical side of the house, um, and then I joined a startup company. That's what you do when you live in Silicon Valley, um, and it was a DNA sequencing instrument company. We went through rapid growth, and the company went public, um, and on the other side of that IPO, I started this company with two co-founders. We're all very technical, so I'm a biochemist. Jim is a biostatistician, John is a physicist, and the whole idea behind this company was probiotics and yogurts and things like that have been on the shelves for decades and decades, um, but microbiome science is actually relatively new. And if you were to do a search on PubMed of studies uh, using the word microbiome, you would see that before 2000, it's basically zero. And the reason is because DNA sequencing technologies were finally affordable enough and usable enough that people could use them to survey the tens of thousands of strains and microbes that reside inside of us and on us. And they play such an important role in health and disease. And the products that are on the shelves right now only represent a very small fraction of all the microbes that are actually in your body. And so from a technical standpoint, it seemed like this was a, a new opportunity in health that we really wanted to get into. And then on a personal level, um, as I was learning more about the microbiome, um, a, a study came out which showed that babies who were on antibiotics systematically were also more prone to chronic illnesses around obesity and type 2 diabetes as they got older. That study was actually recently repeated by the Mayo Clinic, and they showed that kids who were on antibiotics when under two years of age systematically were more prone to not just obesity and diabetes, but also things like allergies, asthma, ADHD, celiac disease. And um, my first daughter was born two months prematurely. 
Um, and she spent the first month of her life in intensive care receiving antibiotics, not because she had an infection, but it's part of just the way that they treat preemies because they're so fragile. And I knew that there was something about her health that was different because as she started to get into elementary school, she had food sensitivities that the rest of us didn't have. Her metabolism was different from the rest of us. And I realized, oh my gosh, it was that early start to life where we completely decimated her microbiome. And now she's set up for a life of potential chronic illnesses. So we could create products that could help millions of people, including my own daughter. And then it became a no brainer to start the company. That was about 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. Well, so first of all, you and I have something in common because my oldest son was also born two months early and spent his first month in the NICU. And I mean, one of the comments that I was going to say too is just about um, C-sections versus vaginal deliveries, that there is some evidence that there's a change in early exposure. And we know those first 1,000 days are so critical in a kid's life. But it's funny because I, I don't remember my son getting a lot of antibiotics in the NICU. And knock on wood, he has not had issues with food sensitivities, although he does have a skin condition, which I now, as I'm thinking about it, and I've been thinking about the impact of, of the gut microbiome, certainly in pertains to him. But, you know, and I, I think it's so funny because you know probably a hundred times more than I do about this field, but I have even for the past five years as, as a media person and, and a doctor been saying over and over and over that there is something called strain specificity and we cannot just say, oh, I'm taking a probiotic or I'm eating yogurt, so I must be fine. I have understood from a very early stage that there there is no one size fits all, which is why I'm passionate about precision nutrition. And this is really at the cutting edge of precision nutrition. And I think, you know, just also for our, our the listeners to understand right off the bat, you know, 70% of our immune system is in our gut. So to think that this can't, you know, to... And, and and it's not that doctors didn't know about this or researchers didn't know about it, but as you say, it's really been advances in testing that have allowed us to get here and, and will continue allow, to allow us to get to a much deeper understanding because this is just the tip of the iceberg and, and everything that you're doing. I had that, you know, the opportunity of perusing your, your website this morning and and with some of the studies, I mean, this is this is a rapidly emerging field now with the improvements in and, and the drop in price in in the sequencing. So, so let's you know let's jump right in because I mean your first product and this is one you know just for those of you listening that I have actually used in my office. Um, your first project was focused on uh, or correct me if I'm wrong, but um, type two diabetes and so. And I, I printed one of the abstracts from uh, BMJ, uh, you know, British Medical Journal, which I think it's important to say, you know, the UK is really, I, I think, much farther ahead and more progressive in terms of understanding food as medicine and doing some kind of pioneering research on, on the gut biome. So how did you land on your first product? How did that come about? Um, well, uh the first product really came about by looking at correlative studies. And it wasn't just our research. It was research that was also going on around the world where people were starting to use DNA sequencing. We had our gut microbiome project in the US and, and around the world, people were looking at what is the difference between people who are really healthy and people who have various disorders and metabolic syndrome, you know, obesity, prediabetes, type two diabetes is something where it became clear that 
these individuals were low or entirely missing certain microbes. And when you looked at their genetic composition, you understood why. And so this is the important part about the DNA sequencing. It's not just who's there, but what are they doing? And is there an underlying mechanism that makes sense for why the depletion is a problem? And we landed on two key functions of the microbiome that were leading to this problem of metabolism. So one is the body, the microbiome's ability to metabolize fiber into butyrate. This is a multi-step biochemical reaction that is entirely performed by your gut microbiome. So if you don't have those microbes, the fiber you're eating is literally going right through you and you're not reaping the benefits of them. And the reason it's important for fiber to be metabolized into butyrate is that's the beginning of a signaling cascade for insulin and glucose response. And so that was one pathway that we knew was really important. And then the other pathway that we found that was really interesting, maybe more globally uh, interesting, was this idea about the gut lining and the, you know, gut lining, I think about it like a fence. So I have in my backyard, I have a wooden fence. When we first moved in here, uh, it was brand new. The planks were really strong. Um, but what happens over time and through uh, the wear and tear of, of seasons is that those planks start to get loose and one can actually fall and really creates a problem with your neighbors. And so the gut lining is much like that fence. And there are literally these planks and there's glue that holds them together. And acromancia is a strain that we identified that is the only thing on the market right now. It literally lives in that gut lining and its job all day and all night is to make sure those planks are strong. And so that has not only an important role in metabolism, but more globally an important role when it comes to why the gut lining is important and all the other physiological things that uh, are outcomes when your gut lining is not intact, including inflammation, uh, you alluded to skin disorders. We actually have people using acromancia and sh sharing with us before and after pictures uh, of, of eczema and acne really clearing up, um, your immune response. Uh, and then obviously what we've been focused on is metabolism. So we identified these functions, metabolism of fiber and butyrate, gut lining. And then we simply said, well, what if we gave these back to these folks? Would that help them? And the the abstract that you're alluding to is a placebo-controlled, double-blinded, randomized trial. Which is the gold standard in medical research. Let's just be sure it is not just, you know, your company, because I think many people are distrustful when industry-funded studies, but you cannot fake a double-blind, placebo-controlled study. So I just wanted to, everybody to understand that because there's a lot of noise out there on the internet uh, that says, you know, clinically proven, and, and that means really nothing. I mean, so I, I just want to establish that because I think it's very important. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Thank you. Um, yes. And and so in that trial, what we showed was that for people with diabetes, um, when they were on our product versus placebo, their A1C was lowered by 0.6 points and their blood glucose spikes were lowered by 33%. That is on par with small molecule interventions, but this is a natural product. And so that's how we discovered it. And we we did, if you came someday, maybe you'll come to an on-site visit with us, but we have, you know, major lab spaces. We did all of the in vitro work, the preclinical work, the clinical work to show the efficacy and the underlying mechanism of how this thing works. And that's how we ended up with the with the first product. So just to clarify, small molecule studies for a, a, an audience who is not a biochemist, um, you're talking about drugs. It's on par with drugs. 
Yeah. And I mean, for me, a 0.6% reduction in hemoglobin A1C, which is a three-month marker of blood sugar control, again, for those of you who may not be in the medical field, is really, really clinically significant. So I do have one question, though. Um, Do you have any insight into uh, whether this is a cause or effect phenomenon with the baseline differences? So do people become diabetic or pre-diabetic because they have lost these bacteria? Or is the prediabetes or abnormalities in metabolic function causing the changes in the bacteria, which are then making the diabetes worse? Do you have any insight into that? Because we always know, I mean, what you have proven is that intervention is relevant, but I'm just wondering whether the original problem, uh, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, it's a great question. And the short answer is no, I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's something that we're trying to understand. And, and, and in some ways, um, you know, which one started it and then which one is exacerbating the situation um, is, is a really interesting question and, and worth exploring. What we do know is that um, one of the most significant ways to change your microbiome, of course, is taking antibiotics, but the other way is through your diet. And so um, if you have a diet that is depleted in certain prebiotics that feed these strains, um, that can alter the composition of your microbiome. But there are things that are also outside of our control. If, if you, I mean, I'm not sure that I would say my diet is in my control, but outside of diet and taking antibiotics, there are all sorts of things that are happening to us that are outside of our control that change our microbiome. So as we age, our microbiome becomes depleted. As we go through periods of stress, our microbiome becomes depleted. As for us women, we go through menopause, our microbiome becomes depleted. Changing time zones, when you travel, your microbiome becomes depleted. So there are all these things which are just part of being a human and living that are causing your microbiome to become depleted that can lead to these kind of chronic illnesses. And we know that diabetes is an illness of aging. And so these two things are probably very much tied to each other. But what causes what I think is is unclear. Yeah. And I mean, as a nutrition doctor for me, and, and it's really interesting that you say these things because I have been talking about an anti, talk about, you know, being before things were cool. I have been talking about an anti-inflammatory diet for the past 17 years um, and speaking all over about that. And, and I think, you know, inflammation and I mean, when, when you know, I really think people need to understand this because we talk a lot about ultra processed foods. And I think there's emerging research that artificial sweeteners and food additives and different types of, you know, stabilizers can actually adversely impact the microbiome. So, you know, and I also tell people that even if you ate a perfect diet, which I don't, but, um, I probably eat better than most, but certainly not perfect. Um, you know, you, you really can't get all the nutrients that you need from food. And with, different food trends. If people are doing a lower carb thing, which I think is reasonable for diabetes, they may be missing on prebiotic fiber. And and I also talk a lot about uh, the impact of prebiotics uh, working synergistically with the probiotics and that, so I'm, and this is maybe I'm getting too nerdy and scientific, but you know, what evidence, do you have evidence, because this isn't something that I'm curious about, whether the probiotics are actually colonizing the gut that you're taking, you know, by a supplement or my understanding. So are they, are they actually starting to inhabit the gut or are they evoking change in the bacteria that already exists for the 
gut because that's just something that I, I'm curious about. Um, and and it's you know probably more of a nerdy scientific question that doesn't matter to everybody, but it matters to me, and I think it's super interesting. So, do you have any insight on that? Like, is this something that we have to continue to do if we start taking your clinically validated probiotic formula, whether it's for diabetes or metabolic health or you know women's health, brain health? I know GI health. You're doing several different things. Is it something that needs to be continued? I think it's a question everyone should care about. Do I have to keep taking these pills for the rest of my life? Um, and, and it's a question that we've asked. And so uh, we did a study where we gave people product for 90 days um, and, and we we measured the strains to, to um, you know, make sure that they were there and then um, told people to don't take the pills for the next 30 days. And so we did a washout period. And after 30 days, we re-measured re their microbiome. Most people did not have the microbes anymore, but about 15 to 20% of them did. And so they had not only uh, colonized these strains uh, at the time when they took the product, but they were maintaining that colonization even after they stopped taking the pills. Um, and of course, the, the question is, well, what's different about those people? Um, we ask everybody, don't change your diet uh, when you do these trials with us because we want to know the effect of the probiotic and not some dietary change. But I think what happens for many people is when you start to feel benefit, you sort of subconsciously maybe start to eat a little bit better. And so um, if you're experiencing weight loss, if you're experiencing more energy, um, it might allow you to make more easily make good decisions at mealtime. And so if you were to consume prebiotics, that's the food that feeds probiotics. If you were to consume prebiotics, like you've got more fiber in your diet, more polyphenols in your diet, that would actually feed the strains. And in particular, acromancia loves fibers and polyphenols. Um, that would allow the strain to start to colonize in the absence of actually uh, intaking the strain. So your your nutrition and your microbiome are just so tied to each other. I think about it like uh, if you have a car, you put great fuel into it, you have a shitty engine, you don't have the most high-performing car. But if you have the great fuel and the great engine, now you're really going places. And the fuel is your food and the engine is your microbiome. And you really need both to be high-performing to have that car be at its best uh self. <laughs> I love that. Can I just can you just keep repeating that over and over on a loop? Because I just say, <laughs> no, I mean, and and I think it really speaks. So you know, my my passion is is precision nutrition, more personalized nutrition, my new company is focused on this concept. Um, and I think this is this is really at the essence of it, because you just and, and we don't need to know all the answers, right to make uh, one to make an individual feel better. It's, it's more about understanding big picture to the individual and how, because everybody's engine is going to be slightly different and where everybody drives is going to be different, you know, and there's so many. So the more we can move towards personalization or being more precise with our recommendations, the better. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that that you're looking at, that you're doing some of the other products that you have, some of the other research, because I noticed on your website that you have a quiz. So so why why is there a quiz? Because that, to me, that's like awesome, but I want to understand because that speaks to the personalization, right? Like there, you don't recommend the same probiotic for everyone. So tell us about the quiz and tell us about what some of the other strains or products that you have can do. And then also kind of the future, the research, where we're going. 
Absolutely. Um, well, we first launched with this single product, which was pendulum glucose control, lowers your A1C and blood glucose spikes for people with diabetes. What we learned about that product was that only about half the people taking it have diabetes. Um, the other half either have pre-diabetes or they're worried about getting diabetes, or they know that lowering their blood sugar spikes is really important for their health. People were experiencing soft benefits and those hard benefits, better energy. They don't get that post-lunch you know, slump, um, reduced brain fog. 60% of those customers have reduced sugar cravings. So there are all these like really interesting soft benefits coming from that product. And so we were talking about these things. And then we uh, had a lot of demand to just release Acromancy as a single strain because it is emerging as this keystone strain. Um, I'd be curious to know, you do microbiome testing. Do you see patients that have low acromancia? You know, I, I don't, uh, listen, I don't do microbiome testing on everybody because I, 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 I don't think it's fully ready for prime time. Um, but, but I did, I did do it on myself. Um, it, I never want to do anything unless I'm really sure. So, and I also am very cost conscious with people. So I, I don't need, you know, a thousand dollars worth of tests to figure out, you know, I can narrow it down to a few key ones. And, um, but my, I am actually low in acromancia, which is, so I ordered, you're, and I had been using the pendulum glucose control in patients. I'm, I'm not diabetic or pre-diabetic. In fact, I run low. My hemoglobin A1C is very low. Um, so, um, but when you came out with acromancy, I started ordering it for myself because my levels were low. And I was like, even though I don't have diabetes or pre-diabetes, I, I certainly have sugar cravings, although, I, my husband hijacked my supply, and he does struggle with prediabetes. I probably shouldn't be releasing confidential medical information to the world, but there you go. Sorry, Benji. Um, but And he started taking my acromancia and noticed a really significant difference clinically. So I thought that was fascinating, which made me reach out to you again and be like, no, we need to talk more. I need to understand more about what you're doing. Because, I, and by the way, I have been hearing about acromancia for, you know, probably seven years at medical meetings. And um, one of my, one of the most brilliant nu nutritional biochemists and, and researchers that I know, David Heaver at UCLA, has been talking about acromancia. So it's been out there. And I, 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 didn't fully understand the benefits. Um, but uh, so, so yeah, so I, I don't, I, I need to test stool more. Um, and maybe you can help guide me with that clinically in my practice, you know, um, because I try to be very, very evidence-based. And when I'm presented with a lot of data that I don't necessarily know the clinical relevance, um, I, I just, I don't implement that. But I, I do think, you know, even even being very focused, and and I do think too much of what med bad medicine is doing, throwing everything at the wall and seeing what comes out. I like to practice good medicine. So even if it was just checking five key strains instead of 10,000, to me, that's good medicine. So maybe you can help me get to that with my new company too. Because as I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, we need to start doing development right now on this new gut uh, stool test. Because you know, it, it, it's important. And I know it's important. I just need to understand better the hows and whys, you know, so a hundred percent. And I agree with you that there's no point in running a battery of tests when you can't do anything with the results. But the reason I ask is because 
if you are measuring acromancy and you're low in it, that gives you, and there is acromancy available, that now gives you something to do. So, so we had glucose control. We released acromancy as a single strain. We also released um, Clostridium bivaricum as a single strain. This is a strain that's actually been used in Japan since the 1960s for IBS and IBD. Um, they aren't able to manufacture it at a very high concentration. So you actually have to take nine tablets a day for it to work. Um, we figured out how to manufacture that strain at a much higher concentration. So you just have to take one pill a day. So we release these single strains. And then just as a teaser, um, we have a, um, a formulation that's going to be coming out early next year, which is for metabolism that has all the benefits of pendulum glucose control, but it's not at that clinical dose. And it's really intended for all the people who are trying to improve their metabolism, but haven't crossed over all the way into type two diabetes. So the reason we made the test was because people would ask us, what product am I supposed to be taking? And the intention of the quiz is to understand, well, what is the problem you're trying to solve? And then therefore we can point you to the right solution for that. And this to me is the transformation of probiotics um, and what it means to think about next generation probiotics. We think you, you brought this up, you know, when we think about vitamins, you don't say to someone like, oh, you're feeling, you're not feeling well, go take a vitamin. No, you say, go take vitamin C. We know vitamin C is there for immune response. We don't think about probiotics in the same way. And what I hope we are moving towards is a place where people know you have this problem. This is the probiotic strain that you take for it. And the tests are the tests for the probiotic strains that are related to these indications and things that you can do something on the, on the heels of. And so also we are working on a very defined test for these different strains and these different indications um, that we are going to be offering next year as well. So um, really enabling people to, as you say, uh, personalize and get the solution that's right for them. You don't need, a, you know, whatever number of CFUs you're being marketed. You don't need all of these different strains. You just need simply the ingredients that are going to help you solve the problem you're trying to solve. Yeah, but I love that. And I'm very excited about talking to you more about that offline for sure. I think you you just brought up an interesting point for me. And this is I actually, um, you know, I did a segment um, earlier this year uh, on live with Kelly and Ryan on gut health. The executive producer, Michael Gelman, is actually really, really bright guy and very, very interested in his health and in preventive medicine and has always understood the power of nutrition, which is why he's been bringing me on the show every year since 2007, which is super cool. But, you know, there is, I think, you know, because supplements in general are not regulated by the FDA, meaning that you don't have to prove pretty much anything to release a supplement. I think it's important to understand that, especially with probiotics, uh, and with anything, that quality matters. So when you talk about things like CFUs, colony forming units for people who don't know what that is, um, which is probably pretty much everybody, but you know, whether bacteria are live when you consume them or killed or whether they're beneficial one way or the other, or whether the dose is effective because now because probiotics are hot, they're just sprinkling, you know, fairy dust just to say that it contains probiotics and they're not clinically relevant. So I do think, you know, if you learn anything from this podcast today, strain specificity. Different probiotics do different things, just like different vitamins do different things in the body. And the quality and quantity matters. You know, the, the dose 
matters. The strain matters. There's a lot of things, which is why you can't just go to, if you're, if you're really trying to solve a specific problem, you can't just go to your corner drugstore and get an off the shelf probiotic and expect to get the benefits. If you're just kind of generically interested or you just took antibiotics and maybe you just want to do something preventive, that may work. But in general, I think it's really important to to understand that. I mean, and that's probably something you spend a lot of time trying to educate the consumer on because they're probably, you know, they see your product and they're probably like, well, I can get this on Amazon for half as much. And what's the difference? I spend a lot of time in my office talking about that. So, you know, talk a little bit about kind of how you guys, because I I read on the website that you really have, you know, a, a lot of, you know, testing and sequencing and how the product is grown and how we know. So talk a little bit about that, because I think that's important for the listener to understand. Sure. First of all, um, I'm right alongside every other consumer. I have definitely found myself standing in a grocery store or drugstore looking at the shelves and shelves of probiotics and thinking, what am I supposed to be doing here? Uh, and, and what most people don't know is that the reason you're confused is because most of those things have the same ingredients in them. It's just marketing innovation and packaging that's looking different. And what people really don't know is that a lot of them don't even have what they say they have on the label because of this lack of oversight of the entire industry. You have a $60 billion industry of course, you're going to get random players coming in trying to make a buck off of it. So there are a lot of fly-by-nighters in this field, and people have to take the time to understand what is the right product for me. What happens if you don't have a medical degree or a PhD? How do you figure this thing out? And I think that's where your work and the work of other outward-facing healthcare professionals becomes so important. And so I would say for all the listeners, if you take nothing away from this, it's that if you're confused about probiotics, you're not alone, and you should be listening to Dr. Molina and other healthcare professionals who can help guide you to the right probiotics that are clinically shown. So that's my my spiel for people. But Colleen, I think you bring up a really interesting point, though. You know, unfortunately, there are not a lot of healthcare practitioners, and especially not a lot of doctors, that know anything about this field. And the ones that do tend to be more in the functional medicine field, which is good in some ways because they take a food first approach and smart supplementation, but it can be, it's not as robust evidence based in my opinion and, and in my medical practice. So I, I think it's easy to say, talk to your doctor or your pharmacist about this or even your dietitian. But I, I think you have to be careful about who you listen to. Um, it's not going to be the Instagram influencer and, or the biohacker or, you know, and even me, like, yes, you can, you can trust me, I think, because I know what I don't know. And, and I'm trying to get the best evidence to help listeners and patients on a daily basis. But I am, I don't purport to know everything about this. So I have to find smart people doing the research, the evidence-based, the randomized controlled trials, proving that they're manufacturing their products in a way that is ensuring that you get what you pay for. I think that's another important thing. And that's one of the goals of my new company is, you know, to, to be able to prove to people that their supplement that they're taking is doing something for them. Because 
I have so many people coming into my office and they just line up the supplement jars on my desk and they're like, I'm taking this because I saw it on Dr. Oz and I'm taking this because my neighbor said it helped her lose weight and I'm taking this because my gut was a little off and I saw this one on the radio or whatever, heard it on the radio. So um, I think it is, yes, talk to your healthcare practitioner, but do your homework and and really, um, you know, I, I think be a little bit more savvy of a consumer in terms of the evidence and and clinically proven doesn't mean uh, go and and do a little homework, especially if you're going to invest in something on a long-term basis, which I think is really interesting when you talked about the washout period, meaning, you know, you didn't take it for 30 days and then what happened? I think um, I think this is everything that you say resonates with me so much. Um, so, and, and I could really go on for an, another like three or four hours here, but we, uh, we don't have the time. So, so tell us, give us a little teaser about what else is on the horizon and then where can people go to learn more about this? And we also have, I think, a special offer for listeners too. So, um, teaser real quick. What's on the horizon? What's next? Do you have anything that you can share with us besides the testing, which I think is incredibly exciting? Um, anything else in terms of strain specificity, specific disease states or symptoms or conditions that you're looking at? Yes. Um, well, I, I think your, your point about getting educated yourself, uh, is super important. We are actually, uh, backed by the Mayo Clinic. So the Mayo Clinic have been, they were our first investors. They invested in us at every round. We're actually on the online pharmacy at Cleveland Clinic. And so hopefully this, um, evolution towards larger clinics and, and more, uh, you know, primary care physicians starting to know about, uh, the next generation of microbiome interventions as opposed to sort of generic probiotics is afoot. Uh, it takes a while to educate people, but hopefully we're, we're on our path there. Um, a few things that are really exciting for us. The first is actually understanding the different application spaces for acromancia. So this is a strain that we currently have, but it has a lot of potential benefits that we've only just started to unearth. And by we, I mean the entire scientific community. So as I said, we released this product for your gut lining. People use it because they see improvements to their metabolism. Uh, you have a personal story about seeing that benefit. And we have a lot of stories from customers experiencing benefit to their metabolism. But we additionally have people showing benefits to their skin. As I said, there have these before and after pictures. Acromancy is also a putative GABA producer. And we have early evidence that our strain of acromancy can produce GABA, which is used for stress and anxiety. We have people who are taking this product who are actually reducing, and I probably shouldn't be allowed to say this, but they're reducing certain medications that they're taking for that um, because they're figuring out there's a natural way to produce GABA. It's sort of crazy to think about the fact that your gut produces all these neurotransmitters that go to your brain. We all sort of know like, well, I have a gut instinct, or I have a gut feeling, but the truth is your gut is actually influencing your behavior in your brain. And so um, the first thing is we're trying to understand what are the different application spaces for acromancia that people are using in forms benefiting them so that we can educate people on what you might experience when you go on acromancia. The second thing is what's coming down the pike are Actually, later this month, we're going to be releasing polyphenols. And so this is a add-on to acromancia as well as to any um, probiotic uh, regimen because what polyphenols do is they help you grow acromancia. Um, and we actually did in vitro work where we looked at a panel of different polyphenols and we selected the ones that um, work well with our acromancia strain. And so um, it is going to be released later on um, uh, this month. I'm and obsessed with polyphenols, by the way. 
aware I've been talking about polyphenols for decades. So I love this. And now it's even more reason for us to work <laughs> together and collaborate. But yeah. Um, um, so yeah, so the polyphenols will be coming out later this month. And I would love for you to, uh, we'll send you some so that you can start to see what you experience with them. And then um, starting in in, uh, in the new year, we're going to be releasing Metabolic Daily, which is um, for everybody to be able to use. And it's for boosting your metabolism. Um, it is the same uh, patented ingredients that are in pendulum glucose control, but at a dose that's not for people with type 2 diabetes or for everybody. And because we're able to lower the dose of that, we're also able to lower the price of it. So rather than $165 a month, it will be at $49 a month. And we are super excited to be able to bring something to the market that's going to help so many people who are trying to improve their metabolism through their microbiome at a price that they can actually afford. And so those are the two big things coming down the line. Wow. Well, that's a lot. Okay. So where can we go to learn more? And uh, we have a special promo code for our listeners. Yes. So you can learn more at, pe at pendulumlife.com. We also sell on Amazon. So you can also go buy our products on Amazon uh, in addition to pendulumlife.com. And if you're listening today um, and you go to purchase from our website, you can use uh, Dr. Melina as your discount code, um, D-R-M-E-L-I-N-A, uh, to get a discount off your first bottle of membership. And so really excited to help enable people to try the product. And we would love to hear back from anybody, everybody on what you experience after being on them. All right. Well, I am more excited and energized than ever about um, the work that you're doing and, and I think the work that we can do together and, and the idea uh, of you know, the impact of the gut. This is real science. I mean, I, I, and I cannot, again, in this age of influencers and, and pseudo experts, it's really refreshing to hear from you and to hear about the research that you're doing. And I commend you as a startup of really being committed to the science. I have the same approach and it's been a real pleasure for you. Thank you so much, Colleen. And, um, I really hope that, um, you know, listeners uh, go to the website, learn more about this. And as soon as uh, the new product is available, that we all order it, it'll be perfect for the new year. Uh, since this, you know, podcast is evergreen, uh, you can um, save your promo code for January, and then we can all start on the metabolic daily. So Colleen, thank you again. And I look forward to continuing conversation and following your amazing work. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to getting to work with more with you. Absolutely. I really hope that you found the information in this podcast helpful. I know I did. And I welcome your feedback because I'm doing this for you. So if there's topics that you want to learn about, something that you want to learn more about, if there's something that you want to explain further that I've talked about, please let me know. Comment on my Instagram page, send me an email, melina at drmelina.com, and definitely hit that subscribe button because I'm going to have great new content every single week and I don't want you to miss an episode. That's it for now. Stay practically healthy.